is a no show the whole year, right? That's why I'm still complaining. The teachers are just pissed off that I'm really. It's because she thought I was her friend now. When I call, because I've got a message from the office. Mom's calling. It's she's screaming and yelling. Nobody calls her back. I looked five minutes left. I sent her five minutes first, but she never responded. So I said, so I. She goes, I call her right and leave a message. She doesn't bother to check the message. She just thought the number was her friend Natalie. So she calls me back. My phone rings. I'm like, hello. She goes, hi Natalie. Blah blah blah. I'm like, uh, this isn't Natalie. This is. What up, what up, what up, and happy Monday to everybody. Uh, welcome to Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen, and this week we are back with another episode. So before we get it started, I would like to introduce my co-host for the day. So Miss Mariah, go ahead and take it away. Hi, guys. My name is Mariah. I'm a junior, and I'm 16. Welcome back, Melissa. Hi, guys. My name is Melissa. I'm a 14-year-old freshman in Southern California. Well, hey, 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 my freshman are in the building. Say it, say what's up, Janice. Hey, everybody, I'm Janice, and you know, I'm a freshman too. Hey, 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 and our resident senior in the building. Uh, go ahead and say what's up, Lex. Hey, everyone, my name is Lex. I'm 17 and the one and only senior here. Hey, hey, and you know what? We have a new uh, co host joining us today, a guest standing in for us. So go ahead and introduce yourself, my love. Hi, um, my name's Adia, and I'm a sophomore at Intercom High School. Oh, we was talking about we needed a sophomore, straight up. Hey, 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 we got all the classes represented today. That's what I'm talking about. We're welcome <laughs> to our party. Uh, we're so glad that you could make it today and uh, fill in for Miss Trent, who is uh, away working because, you know, our kids work, and they got jobs, and they got lives. And so uh, we want to just shout out to Trinity and let her know we miss her. But we're so glad Dee is here sitting in. So as we're getting started, Yo, there's been some crazy stuff happening this week. Um, as you all know, um, the George Floyd uh, trial has begun. So let me check in with y'all. How's everybody feeling? Are you guys watching it? Not watching it? How, you know, what's your anxiety level like? I'm Denise? not watching it. 
I'm not watching it at all because it's just like I just already know what's what's gonna happen and it's just like what's the point of me keeping up with something keeping up with the news keeping up with the story that has obviously failed me and let me down multiple times it's let down me the generations before me so what's the point literally all I'm doing is putting money in their pockets because the more we view it the more money they get oh are you watching Didi? no i think i agree with janice too i feel like if it's anything it's going to be the bare minimum you know what i mean so it's kind of like you know i know always hold out hope and stuff but i feel like there's so many cases and stuff that even if this cop just gets indicted it's great that they're off the streets you know what i mean but i mean i'm i'm gonna need a little bit more okay and when we talk about more what are what more you need mariah what more you need just, you know, like Janice was saying, this is the bare minimum. It's not even worth it at this point when we know we're not, there's no point in getting our expectations raised up if we just know nothing's really going to come out of it. Mm. Melissa? I am not watching. It's going to be too stressful and too frustrating because we know what's going to happen. It's the same story, a different name, and uh, same results. So I'm not looking forward to watching it. No. Lex? I know me. I'm not going to watch it. My sister, she just texted me. She's like, are you watching it? Are you watching it? I was like, nah, because I know me and I'm going to get emotional and I'm going to get excited. I'm going to be like, oh, what they do? Like, what's going on? But, you know, my dad tells me don't get worked up over things you can't control, you can't fix. So at that point, I'll just step back and I'll be like, what happens, happens. And I'm scared for everyone's reaction to be honest that's what i'm waiting for the most to see how people react after whatever happens happens okay so have, it sounds like y'all have lost faith in the justice system all Is fair it, it's gone done just over mm -hmm. naranja. i'm not in spanish today naranja nothing no. <laughs> nice. okay. all right no. somebody was paying attention in class today that's what i'm talking about you know, somebody got to do it, Jenny. Somebody has got to do it. It's freezing. It's freezing? Who's freezing? I don't know what that was. Um, but anyway, so uh, we have some uh, stories that we need to take a look at. So the first one uh, that comes to mind, uh, the father out in uh, San Juan uh, High School or San Juan Unified School District, um, he filed a complaint because he doesn't want his daughter learning about BLM. Um, let me, let me pull the article real quick. Let me see what's going on. It says a California father doesn't want his daughter to be a part of Black Lives Matter lesson in her ethnic studies class, saying it doesn't align with his family's beliefs, according to CBS 13. What do y'all think? I don't want to learn about what. Yeah, I think beliefs is code for white supremacist. It, mm -hmm. I mean, like, yeah. I, you know. it's an ethnic ethnic study class you're studying ethnicities right. ethnic. so why is your daughter even in the class if you don't want her to learn about stuff we don't want to learn about christopher columbus but we still do don't we right, right. <laughs> and this oh, is from the daughter the daughter said uh it's really made me uncomfortable in class it's Good. going to create that divide in the classroom and that becomes dangerous to a student i don't know who said that branch or whoever that is I guess, I just, I be, guess uncomfortable. be uncomfortable. Black, black students are uncomfortable every single day. Be uncomfortable. Good. Why is our history making her uncomfortable? 
right that's a good question why is our history making her uncomfortable why is her history making her uncomfortable because black history is american history because black skin is american skin very at least you have the privilege of learning about it before you have to experience it i just feel I feel like if a black kid said, I don't want to learn about Christopher Columbus because he's this man that committed mass genocide and he didn't find America, you know what I mean? He just came here and killed everybody. They would be like, well, you still got to learn it because that, that's part of our curriculum or if you want to get a bad grade. But why is this even a negotiation? She has to learn it or she can get out of class. Now, I just want to be clear because uh, there was, it says, um, it's about time our schools are teaching our kids the truth about our history. This is from Tanya Faison, Black Lives Matter. Um, San Juan Unified School District says the lesson plan is completely appropriate and released the following statement. The course is taught in alignment with the state framework and this particular unit asks students to consider two relevant questions. How has race and ethnicity been constructed in the United States and how have they changed over time? And and how do race and ethnicity continue to shape the United States contemporary issues? Um, furthermore, it says the Black Lives Matter movement is a timely and important area of study in processing these two questions. This particular assignment asks students to analyze and summarize a text to identify comparisons and differences between current and past events. Students are not asked to develop an opinion with regard to any particular civil rights movement, but instead are graded on the demonstration of their critical analysis skills. So why would anybody have a problem with that? That's very surface level. We could go so much deeper and so much farther into it. She needs to suck it up. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or she could suck it up and learn something. How about that? Because everybody's not existing in this bubble where everybody is comfortable all the time. Matter of fact, I think people need to start getting uncomfortable. Comfortable. Absolutely. Okay, so the next story, the next story I have, it's uh, outrage in Maryland over a video of police handcuffing a five-year-old child. Um, I'm gonna try to play some audio for you. Um, you can, uh, let's see. Jada, if you want, you can uh, play the video and I'll play the audio. Hopefully it'll work this time. Uh, with shocking body camera video showing a disturbing encounter between Maryland police and a five-year-old boy they put in handcuffs. Kathy Park reports. Don't make me take you over there. Okay. Tonight, growing outrage in Maryland over this newly released body camera footage. Two Montgomery County police officers responded to a call to bring back a five-year-old student who left school after he allegedly broke a computer. Now, I'm not asking. Get in the car. I don't want to hear it. After the officers bring him back, the situation quickly escalated. Police blurred the identity of the child. Meanwhile, the yelling and berating is all caught on camera. I mean, how do you learn that type of behavior at five? That's why people need to beat their kids. Sit down. When the boy doesn't stop crying, one officer screams just inches from his face. Police release a near hour-long video Friday near the end of the footage with his mom in the same room. An officer places handcuffs on the boy's wrist. These are handcuffs. You, you know want to go where Uncle Berto at? Huh? Huh? 
You know what these are for? These are for people that don't want to listen and don't know how to act. The incident took place January of last year. After an internal investigation, Montgomery County Police said both officers remain on the job. The boy's mother has since filed a lawsuit seeking justice and compensation for his trauma. In a statement, the school district wrote in part, our heart aches for this student. There is no excuse for adults to ever speak to or threaten a child in this way. Council member Will Jawando pushed to get the video released and demands a full investigation. You shouldn't treat a human being the way this young boy was treated. It doesn't matter if he's five years old or 50 years old. No one should have been talked to in that manner. And ultimately, what do you want to see happen to those two officers? They should be fired. All right, so we'll pick up there. We'll pick up there. What do y'all think? I hope that, so long. that was disturbing. That was That's sickening. It makes me sick to my stomach. He's five years old. How would you expect him to act or react when you're handcuffing him, stuffing him in the back of a car and grabbing him by his arm? For one, he's not your child. And for two, why are you even touching him like that? Why are you screaming in his face? He is a kid. He's going to cry. Kids cry. That is, that is like you said, sickening. Like, why are you manhandling that baby? Why are you in his face dehumanizing him, talking about that's why parents beat their children? That's wrong. And you're supposed to be an adult. And as viewers, we're supposed to have we're supposed to have faith in this justice system that's clearly against us, that doesn't support us in any way. That's disgusting. Don't, that's so wrong. And it hurts to view that. Does it make a difference that the officer who yelled in his face was a black woman? Does no, it no. not at all. All skin folk and kin folk. Period. Period. Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> so, and, and the thing is, uh, if you l listen to the beginning of the story, they were going to get him in a police car because he left school. Who asked the baby what happened at school to make him leave? Who asked the child what somebody did to him? Who did it? What occurred? Kids don't just walk off a of school campus. Just How do you get off the of school campus at five? Why? Why? That's the problem, right? That's part of the problem right there. How was he five years old able to leave your supervision? I bet you they didn't ask, are you lost? What's going on? They probably just went straight up to him, handcuffed him like you're trespassing, you're doing this. Like, hello, even I'm pretty sure even a random person would see a little kid and be like, are you lost? Are you okay? Like, where are you going? And police officers are there to protect and serve us, but they're out here handcuffing us for not even doing anything. That's not, it's a, it's a flower. Okay. Like we, we going get to the flower story. This has nothing to do with flowers. This story has nothing to do. That that little kid was six. This is a five-year-old. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I got my stories mixed up. Still. <laughs> we seem to have a problem with these little kids um, being treated as if they are much older. Um, my pro my other problem with this is he leaves the school. Why is their first reaction to call law enforcement? Exactly. What, why Where were the parents? He could have been snatched. Now, what if that child was kidnapped? Because people can see a little kid and be like, oh, well, you know, where are your family? Are you lost? Or somebody could see a little kid and pick him up and snatch him and we won't be able to find him again. It's under the supervision of the school. Who should have been watching that child? They're failing, literally. They, they all need to be fired at this point. It's okay. a pattern at this My point. Next question. Go ahead, honey. What'd you say? 
It's a pattern. We see these teachers and these staff tendencies to disregard black students, black children. Why do you not care that a child left your campus? That is where you fail. They were they teaching school. him a lesson. That's why they called the police because he committed a crime leaving his school. That's they why need we're to be taught a lesson. They need to be taught a lesson. Literally. They know what they're doing. Start them out young, make them seem like a criminal, like a thug, keep them in that system so they don't know any better. That's all they do. That's all they're capable of is going straight to jail, getting arrested. That's all they need to know because that's and, what they think. And this is what they're doing. They're guaranteeing their next, you know, workers for the prison system. They're guaranteeing mm-hmm. that they have people to work and make the things that they don't want to pay to be made. They're guaranteeing their next paycheck in the future. That's what they're trying to guarantee. And that's what's wrong. It's all wrong. I think it's black children. Wrong. Go ahead, mama. I think black children are just like, black children are just, I think they're so like over adultified. You know what I mean? Like black children are nobody inflicts compassion teachers police officers nobody inflicts compassion on black um black children or you know what i mean like it's not like hmm i wonder why this kid maybe walked out of school maybe something happened no we're gonna call the police like are you kidding me like why didn't you go after him right why was this something that needed to be escalated to getting law enforcement involved that's what i don't understand and it's to me, it's misuse of police resources to have police come off the street. First of all, are they trained to deal with children? Mm-hmm. Is this the, the special unit, the SRO unit that they call? Or are these of people off not. the street used to going and getting criminals off the street? Like we have to, un- the whole thing reeks, in my opinion, um, because nobody thought about the child. They thought about inflicting their will on the child and making him submit or succumb one of those words um it's just very 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 disturbing and you know i saw that and i'm like i have to get it to you guys i needed to know what you thought of it so thank you for that uh oh i think it's also so disturbing like i feel like it's kind of a pattern like you always see just like people in power anything always trying to make black people guilty and it's always like we're going to have compassion on the white person. You know, you see a white person shoot up a freaking church and then the police officers are coddling them. But if you go to literally the Stephon Clark child, they're literally criminalizing someone who was shot by the police when Stephon Clark is not on trial, the police are on trial. So I feel like you see this pattern where they're always trying to make black people guilty of something when they're doing nothing. And I don't know if I played the rest of it. Um, I don't know if you guys heard that the the school statement. Um, let me see if I could go to that part in the video. It's just really quick. Um, let's see. I don't know, but they basically said something to the effect of nobody should be treated like that. Our hearts go out to the kid. And in my mind, I'm thinking, but you called. Exactly. Where were your exactly. hearts at before? Where were your hearts at before? Why are they going out now? Mm. One of your administrators could have been stepped in. Where were your hearts at when I know somebody watched and somebody was there to, there was recording shots, somebody was watching, there was eyes. There wasn't just those two people. There were people around. There's always people around. It's a school. I'm trying to find this. Hold on real quick because I'm trying to find this statement. So the board president, Wolf, and Superintendent Smith uh, released a statement Um, In their statement, from what I can see, it says um, something about all students bring great value to our system and we honor the growth and development of every child. No child is bad. And it says our hearts ache for this student. There is no excuse for a group to ever speak to our 
speak to or threaten a child in this way. So what are they going to do about it? That's what I want to know. Because we don't see what does he get therapy or something? Are they going to provide? Because that is traumatizing. Five years old, a police officer who you are taught is going to protect you is in your face screaming at you. You're five. That is going to permanently impact him. What are they going to do? It sounds like they're blaming the police. Like they're trying to take a step back and be like, oh, we wanted the good for the child. So we called the police because, you know, he left our campus. We couldn't deal. We couldn't handle him. So we called the police thinking this and like they were putting all this on the police. Like we didn't wish that on anyone. That wasn't our intentions. Like you called them. You did this. You let it get there. Okay. So it's your fault. The police took it into their own hands. What else did you think was going to happen when you called the police? Ridiculous. You can't handle Who's a responsible? Who's responsible? The school. How did they let the child leave, first of all, and call the police? Like a child's a six, sorry, five-year-old will not just willingly walk off campus. Like if someone comes and says, stop, like Something you need to get happened. back on. Something happened. I don't know any kids who just willingly walk away unless something is so bad, they have to. Yes. Mm -hmm. so again, That's what we need to figure out. Yeah. Why is That's your campus open? Why right. is your campus open? I'm going to assume it's an elementary school. Why is it open? Why is there an open gate? How did this child know to leave that campus? Why was there no supervision? Why did no adult go after him? Why was their first response to call the police? Exactly. Talk right. about you can't handle a five-year-old. And they do that. They do. There's, some folks. There's some folks who do that, though. You can't so, handle a kid that's half your size and half your weight. <laughs> no, because their way of trying to—you know—you guys have seen, heard of that—that that, uh, show, Scared Straight, right? Mm -hmm. So I believe they were trying to scare him into compliance. That's a show um, you can probably find it maybe on YouTube. Maybe they're rerunning those, but that's what it sounds like to me. Um, what school was it? I will have to find that. Maybe if somebody else can research that uh, while we move on to the next story so we can find out what school that was, that'd be great. So the next story, um, I don't know if you all have heard, but there was a six-year-old arrested and charged with a felony for defacing property or something like that because he picked the tulip while he was at the bus stop. Six years old. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> what child does not pick a tulip? Like, I'm how many kids y'all seen walking on the sidewalk picking flowers and bringing their mom home flowers? Because that, that I was that child. That was me. Mm -hmm. Well, you in trouble now. <laughs> That's right. We about to be arrested. We all we all got felonies on our record. All because right. I pick flowers like children do, and he's being criminalized. I believe. What is? Where is that? That's is that North Carolina? I think North that was Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. I think it's scary that that's not the first one. Like, there's plenty of kids of that age that have been arrested, especially in North Carolina, for doing little things like that. Like, that's disgusting. How you're gonna be like, oh, there's a little kid picking tulips. Okay, arrested. Like, yeah. what goes through their minds? I'm just trying to figure out. Like, even if someone calls them, what threat do they see in a six-year-old little black boy or black girl? I just don't understand. Our skin color is what criminalizes us. Right. What'd you say? You're you moving your hand, Mariah. What'd you say? He was waiting for his bus. That's. It's disgusting because further in that article, there's, like, a line that someone said that... Uh, his parent or something said that during his trial, 
he couldn't focus. So they had to pause because a child, a six-year-old, clearly doesn't have a long attention span to stand a trial. They had to give him a coloring book. Yep, that's right here. It said the child's lawyer, attorney, Julie Boyer, shared that she had to give the child a coloring book and some crayons while in juvenile court because his attention span was too short for legal proceedings. The six-year-old went to juvenile court after his mother couldn't make the intake meeting, the report said. The judge ended up dismissing the case after realizing this. Why is there a case in the first place? To a six-year-old. That will regrow. Right. It's ridiculous. Why are our young boys being criminalized? He's a six-year-old. A six-year-old. He can't even safely go to school and wait for his bus stop. It's ridiculous at this point. And we're supposed to sit in a classroom and obey and trust in a system that clearly doesn't represent us, that doesn't support us, doesn't cater to our needs as young black students. If you don't care about me, I don't want to be in your classroom. I don't want to go back. I don't feel comfortable going back to your classroom where I know I won't have certain protections that my mom, that you, Miss Lorraine, can give me at home. That does me better. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, ridiculous. There's no point. Oh, and I just want to make sure that I state it quickly. Uh, it's a six-year-old boy who plucked a tulip from the lawn at a bus stop in North Carolina in the United States, recently went to court after being charged with injury to real property. While the child may not fully understand the situation, many argue that this may change the boy's life for the worse. You think? Obviously, these people know. I'm really sick of these people because they're crazy. Like, I really don't know what's wrong with them. These are our kids, our people, literally our peers. And y'all wonder why we grew up in this world, why we have anger and hatred towards y'all government, y'all policies, y'all officers. Obviously, we don't like y'all because y'all have never liked us. Like, what do you expect from us? Like, and I'm sick of how they always try and be like, oh, why don't you want to go to school? Oh, why don't you want to listen to me? Why don't you want to behave? Why don't you want to follow the module? Why don't you respect me? Why don't you respect me for my skin color? Why don't you respect my people? Why don't you respect who I am? Like, oh my gosh, I'm so yeah. I swear I am. Right, I want to I add on to something Janice was saying. I feel like I, knew I want Dee Dee to jump in because I think she's been trying to play like double dutch. She's waiting for us. I want to go off what Janice was saying. Like, I feel like a lot of times people make assumptions or like white people be like, why do you assume like every white person's racist or why do you assume everyone has your worst interests in mind? Look at the system we're built on. You guys do not want us to succeed. You guys do not want us to build and get up there with you guys. So what do you mean? Why do we assume? You guys assume on our part as well. You guys assume that we're violent, that we're that we're ghetto, that we're gonna hurt someone, that we're out to hurt someone. And so then they throw back in our face, why do you guys assume we're all racist or we're all not on your side? Just look, look at the facts, look at the cards, okay? It's not set up that way. Mm. So don't come at us saying, why do you assume this, this, and that? It's obviously built out that way. And I think that's kind of what Janice was saying. So, you know, there you go. We're going to oh, make yeah. it. Like, yeah, kind of going off what Lex was saying, you know, I feel like if if a white person has to be like, why do you always assume the worst me? You're probably one of the race white people we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, and matter of the fact is, most white people are racist, had to be said. Like, if, <laughs> if we're going to talk about percentages, I think most of them are racist. You know what I mean? So I just feel like it's, 
I think it's a survival tactic for black people to be cautious of white people. You know what I mean? So if you don't want to be called racist, then stop being racist. You're not racist. <laughs> like, that's what I'm, like, why are you mad? Like, and they might not even they might not even realize it because there's the microaggressions, the little backhanded compliments, and the things that even teachers will say that they think you're not. Like supposed give us to an know. example. Give us an example of a microaggression you've heard. Give me give me one. Oh wow! You're so exotic, right? You're so intelligent. Oh, your hair looks yes. nice today. Can I touch your curls? Oh, is this your real hair? Oh my goodness. Well, let me save some for somebody else. Go ahead, DJ. Right. <laughs> yeah, one time, one time um, my friend was talking in class and the teacher was just like, if you keep talking in class, you're going to end up dead. Is, oh. that, is that a microaggression or that's a no, that's just that's a right. Right. Well, I think it's a little bit of both because there's, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then, um, what's it called? Nothing. Um, my teacher had one said to me like, oh my God, like your hair is just like a bird's nest. Like, I'm like, excuse me? It's not the birdness. The birdness. Not the birdness. I get lion's mane all the time. Lion's mane. Lion's mane. Because my hair goes out, you know. It's what people be like, you look like the lion. Alex the lion. I was like, come on, y'all. One time we were at the grocery store, and I had my hair out, and this the white cashier was like, are you mixed? I was like, no. My mom and she was like, "Are you sure she's not mixed?" And we were like, "Yes, her dad is black. I am her mother. She is, she's black." Like, what? I don't. I don't that even reminds me. I was at a, a gynecologist appointment and she asked me the same question with my legs in the air, and I'm just like, "You see something I don't know?" Like, right. <laughs> Like your hair is so nice. Are you mixed? And I was like, why would you ask that? They're like, well, because you know, normally just normal black people, their hair isn't that nice, or they don't have that much hair. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? We all have different hair types, different textures. We got different everything. Like, what are you on about? Like, I just don't understand. Does does that mean that they have a certain perception based on what they've seen? Right. I mean. Maybe they only know certain type of black people. I don't know. I think kind of like she, kind of like how she was explaining it though. I feel like blackness is only accepted to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Like, oh, if you have loose curls, oh, if you're, if you fit the color spectrum, you know what I mean? Like, right. or else it's mm-hmm. undesirable. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And it, and it's kind of like, like I really, really hate the the one where you speak so so well. Oh my goodness. Oh, like, I supposed to. I remember I told somebody I have a whole degree in communications. I would hope that I know how to speak. <laughs> right? I would hope so. I mean, why why would that be something to say to a black person you speak so well? Right. What do you think? Well, I think uh, then don't, don't nobody want to say nothing. Okay. I I think I think it's like kind of two things. I think it's like two like sectors of things, like main things. I feel like they think black people are unintelligent, you know, like either implicit, implicit, implicitly or purposely, you know, they think black people are unintelligent. So when you have like a high vocabulary or something, you know what I mean? You're you're so smart, blah, blah, blah. But I also think part of it is like I think also a lot of people think like AAVE is like very like 
not it's how do I I'm looking for the right word. It's just and like so, and, 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 and because some people may not know what you're referring to. Go ahead and break down that acronym. African American vernacular African American vernacular English. Also um, known as Ebonics, yes. Yeah, also known as Ebonics. Um, I think a lot of people think like AAVE is not like an actual language. When you speak it, you sound stupid. So even if black people have a high vocabulary, you know what I mean? But it's not, you know, how they like it. You know what I mean? And it's in AAVE. I feel like that's also how you get grouped in this. Oh, you're talking stupid. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And so this week's topic, and I know Alasia popped in and she popped back out. Hopefully she'll come back because she's going to uh, step into Mariah's spot um, when she gets back. But um, we're talking about anti-Blackness. And, you know, when we were having a conversation after last week's show, uh, we ended up changing it from ethnic studies to anti-Blackness. And so I kind of wanted to get your uh, opinion as why did you guys want to change the subject? Melissa. Let me go with him listen. I'll come to you next, Denise. There's there's so much going on in the world. We kind of started off our conversation after the show talking about the Asian hate crimes. And we understand what is happening and we acknowledge that. But we've also seen on social media that there is a push for the black community to stand behind them, which we're doing. But it's just, it's been negatively pushed saying that because of what happened last summer, we need to we need to be compassionate towards another group of people. We need to understand what they're going through and we need to support them, which we do. It's just been pushed towards us negatively. Mm. Denise? I think it's important that, um, I think we changed it because it's relevant. It's so relevant. And it's just like, for one, we haven't discussed that yet. And right now will be the perfect time to discuss it because what is rising within the Asian crimes, the hate crimes, that's unfortunate. It is, but that's our life. Us black people, that's what we live. Our skin, it's like, we see it every day. We deal with it every day. Like, I understand it's been a rise in these hate crimes, but it's just like, that has been our life. You can't force us to try and stand behind y'all when, have y'all stand behind us for generations? Have y'all stood behind us? All this history of this has been occurring, this isn't the first time. Like, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, that's not, those aren't the first two people who have been murdered. Like, it's not the first time. So I don't understand why it's trying to be forced on us. And it's relevant that we need to talk about it. We need to educate y'all because some of y'all don't know. And you think you know, but you're uneducated and you're ignorant. And we need to just tell y'all, what's up? You need to know. Right. I, I think that, oh, I want, sorry, I want to go off the list of like, they're, I feel like they're bullying us into doing it because right now they're trying to paint us as, oh, we have this struggle. So we're going to put you guys right next to the, we're going to put you behind the Asian community because they're going through that right now. But they don't understand that they're going through that right now when we've been dealing with, with it forever. It's been an ongoing thing. And I just want to think about how on this on the ladder, like if we're seeing a ladder, Asian Americans are up higher than us. So right now they're stepping on us to get to where they are. So what makes them think that we have energy and leverage to boost them up if we're already under them? I don't understand what they think that we can do. I think that they're trying to push us on. I think they're just trying to clump us all together. Say, if you're doing this for yourselves, branch out, do it for other people. Don't be selfish. They're trying to make us look bad, even though we really have nothing to give. And they haven't been there for us. They've been stepping on us and pushing us down while they're expecting us all the way on the bottom to push us, push them up, which to me doesn't really make sense, but I guess 
that's what they want. Yeah, I, I get what all you're saying. And I feel like, don't get me wrong, what's happening in the Asian community is horrible, you know what I mean? But it's also like, why do black people always have to be superhero for everybody? You know what I mean? Like, we're trying to survive ourselves. You know what I mean? So why do we have to take care of everybody else's business? You know, like, of course, we'll support you. Of course, you don't want that to happen in your community because it happened to us. You know, it's happening to us and it's horrible. You know what I mean? But like, why are black people always supposed to be superhero for every every community? You know what I mean? Nobody is talking about other races and like, why aren't you guys stepping up? Why aren't you guys stepping up? No, it's always black people. Like that. They all group us with every other race. They always want us to stand behind every other race, black and brown, black and Asian. But why can't we just be black? Why can't we just be black? Because we're black. That's what we are. Like y'all, it's like they always want us to, you know, we always have to be grouped in with other people. Why is it that we don't, y'all don't see us as enough significance to just be in a category on our own? Why is it that we always have to be with someone else? Like we are significant. We matter. We are the people too. So we should have our category. We are black. Do you think do people have a time, have a problem with that separate or grouping black folks in with everybody else? Do you think that the systems have a problem with that? Yeah, because then they'd have to acknowledge that we're oppressed. They'd have to acknowledge that black people went through 400 years of slavery because of them. They'd have to acknowledge all of the wrong that they've done to us in America and still are doing. Like, they changed slavery. There's modern day slavery is the prison system. They'd have to acknowledge that. They've ha- they would have to acknowledge everything that they have done and still are doing to us, and that makes them uncomfortable. So they want to group us with another group. So it looks, it doesn't look as bad. So they can give us a bare minimum as well. Yeah. yeah. And I also, I don't like this whole thing of like, sometimes I feel like we group like, sometimes like people of color and black kind of as synonymous, you know, there's black issues, there's people of color issues, there's Asian, you know, issues and all this stuff. But like, like black people got it the worst, you know what I mean? Not like this is oppression Olympics, you know what I mean? But I think we also need to identify, you know, some issues are like just black issues. You know what I'm saying? You know? And not always a whole people of color umbrella. Well, I think that, um, one, I never subscribe to those terms. I don't do people of color. I don't do BIPOC. I don't do minorities. I don't do black and brown. When I come into the room, I'm talking about black people. Why? Because I'm black. And I see that there are certain issues that our children are having that are not being mitigated. Everybody else's issues get mitigated at some way, where, shape, or form. You can look at, even on the federal level, they um, Asian Americans are being given um, executive orders as we speak. People are establishing hotlines for Asian American violence. People are putting different uh, programs into place to address this issue, while Black folks are just sitting here like, what y'all do that? Where, where, where was, was that? that for us? Where is ours? The energy. The energy is not the same. It doesn't doesn't align to me. It doesn't align at all. And that's where the anti-blackness comes in because it's just like, y'all people, y'all don't like us, but y'all still want us to hold your hand and stand behind you so you guys can have that stepping stone. Y'all want to step on our backs to get up, but what about us? Mm -hmm. And when they group us together with other groups, how are our problems going to get solved? Now, they group us with another group that is separately oppressed, 
how are our problems as black people going to get solved? You can't solve black and brown problems because they're two completely different things. You can't solve black and Asian problems. Let's solve the black problem. Let's solve the color, the people of color problems. Let's solve the Asian problems. Let's what are people of color? Those are unicorns. What is that? What is the people of color? What is that? We Crayola. I, 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 I don't even know. Like, where is that at? We have to fix our language. Like, when people say people of color, you talking about everybody except for me is how I feel. But if you read the media, they'll in one sentence say people of color, but be talking about somebody black. So I'm confused. What are we doing? What is it that we're expecting other people to do if we can't get our language correct? We're I so saying black and brown. We're they so changed saying they changed it. Who's they? It's not what you're called, it's what you answer to. So when people start talking, I, I, I don't do that. Just like people can talk about their pronouns and whatever they want to be called, sis, queen, all of that. That's me. I'm black. And be okay with that. What I don't like is school systems who want to call me and label me the way they want to label me when I'm telling you how I want you to refer to me. Same energy. And that's the problem. We're so used to being there for everybody else. We don't know how to talk about just us. We don't know how to communicate about just us because I even hear black people doing it. When I go to different conferences, well, black and brown, and in my mind, I'm thinking, are these issues being brought up in the brown room? Yeah, That's what I'm thinking. Because understand, we're not invited to those conversations. Nope. We don't know what's going on in there, but I can guarantee you they're looking out for them first. Mm -hmm. And we need that same energy over here. But I digress. And I think that our issues, we don't we don't deserve to be grouped in. We don't need that. We shouldn't be grouped into the black and brown. We need to be handled on our own because issues can't be solved if they're not addressed. They're trying to throw us in the- Or acknowledge. Or acknowledge. Or acknowledge. acknowledge them. Or no, they're trying to throw us in the gumbo with all the other people. No, we're by ourselves. We are by ourselves and we need to be talked about because at mm -hmm. the end of the day, them, this is another way of them dismissing us as what they've been doing since the beginning of time. And that's not okay. We're not trying to throw a pity party for ourselves because we never have. We've just picked up the slack and kept going. It's not okay. Y'all need to acknowledge what y'all do to us. Acknowledge it, put a voice to it, address it. And it needs to start to work towards being solved and fixed. Or else history is going to continue to repeat itself. And that's what it's been doing. Because mm -hmm. nobody has addressed the issues. Y'all trying to group us up with this, like Melissa was saying, to try and, you know, stir from the fact that, you know, all a lot of our black boys and black men, they're in prison. They're being mistreated. We're not addressing those, though. We're, we don't want to address those because we have to talk about the Asian community with the black community. We're not addressing that because we have to talk about the um, Hispanic community with the black community. No, it's just the black community. We need help. We're talking about us and our people. Because our people have been oppressed and our people have been dismissed and undervalued and over overlooked. And it's not okay. It's not okay at all. So I heard it said that if, um, if these schools or these systems would address their black problem or the problem with black students, that it would make it better for all students. Uh, do you all agree or disagree? I mean, I think I agree. I feel like everything kind of stems from anti-blackness and then you just kind of go down you know what i mean so i feel like if you address the anti-black issue you're kind of gonna work towards addressing everybody else's issue i mean i see it like as a civil rights movement right 
black folks and, right. and, and some allies was out there, you know, marching for black people to be seen as equal, separate mm -hmm. but equal. What is it? <laughs> what were they doing? I think uh, they're they going to be equal. Mm -hmm. so they were fighting for civil rights, you know, because they wanted to be seen as civilized individuals, not three-fifths of a person, yes? Mm -hmm. Yep. So when they fought for that, then that led way to the Immigration Act of 1965. And that helped other people come into this country and to be given their humanity. But here we are years later, and Black people are still fighting to be seen as human beings. And it's evident in your school system. How, uh, out of all of y'all, how many of y'all know why they don't categorize folks here in California anymore? Why, why they don't break them down into ethnic groups? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Have you ever heard of Prop 209? Mm -hmm. Or no. this year it was on the ballot, uh, the affirmative action bill? Uh -huh. I want y'all to look it up. I, uh, what was it? I, I know in um, the Capitol, it was ACA 5, I believe it was, but then it was Proposition, I want to say 16 or 15. Somebody help me with that. Was it Prop 15 or 16 um, that was on the ballot? And you saw a lot of uh, Asian Americans come out against that because they said that uh, doing away with uh, or reinstating affirmative action would give uh, black people a leg up, Prop 16. So again, when they took away affirmative action, which means they could really collect data on what was going on, state contracting and, and admissions into colleges and all that, when they took that away, they took kind of like a tool that helped black people get into certain things, right? Get access to certain areas. So now here we are, um, that prop felt miserably in this state because they're so worried about what black people are gonna get. Um, but then we look at the racial wealth gap and black folks are on the bottom. Um, most of all other groups are on top of us and we've been here the longest and we built this country. So I'm trying to figure out when we talk about anti-blackness, what significance does that hold for you all as students? Um, and what is it that you're fighting to get people to acknowledge about your educational experience? I'm fighting to get people to acknowledge what it feels like every day to go to school and be a black student. I'm fighting for people to acknowledge how teachers change their voice when they talk to us, how they throw microaggressions at us, how they pronounce, mispronounce our names multiple times, how they try to break things down to belittle us, belittle lesson plans, belittle assignments. You ask a question, then they kind of want to give it to you and spoon feed you when you were just asking for it to be restated. Mm. Melissa? There's so much. I just want to be seen as a person. I want to not be looked at as three-fifths of a person. I... And even going back to the, the video at the beginning, where you see a teacher talking badly about a student in their family based on their skin color, they wonder why we come to school with the attitudes that they say we do. They wonder, it's because you talk about us behind our backs 
and in front of our faces in this case because you made a mistake. You wonder why we don't want to come to school. You wonder why we don't try in school at times. You wonder why we aren't motivated. It's because you feed into the very stereotypes that are oppressing us, that we make excuses, that we're lazy. Did lazy slaves build the White House? No. What is a lazy slave? Hold exactly. up. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's what I'm saying. She's not qualified for her job as a teacher, equipped. She's not right for the job. She needs to be fired yesterday. And so when I go to school and if there's these teachers, it's it's frustrating because you're getting mad at me and for what? Right. I just want to be seen as a person and the white students are getting treated so much better. And why? Mm. Lex, you're about to get out of high school. What is it? Yeah. What is it that you want to see? What are you fighting to be recognized by your teachers and administrators? I think for one, the most important thing is do not, when I go into a classroom, don't lower your standards, your values and things that you see for me in the future. Cause I know teachers will go to one student and be like, you're a really good student. I can see you going here, like going out and being an engineer or like going to Harvard or something. But when a teacher will turn to me, they'll be like, you're a good student. And that'll be it. They won't care about my future. They won't care about their standards, their values for me, everything is just so much lower than what they might have for another student. So when I go into a classroom, I want them to hold the same standards, hold me to the same values. Do not dumb things down for me. Unless maybe I ask for you to repeat something or go over things. Do not devalue me as a student when I go in somewhere because I'm obviously there to learn. If I'm taking this AP class, it's because I want to be in this AP class. If I'm going to this certain class doing this certain curriculum because I want to do it, because I want to get somewhere in life, because I want to be better than the average person. And I do not want you to look at me and say, oh, did you get put in this class or do you need extra help? You don't have to do that. I'm obviously here for a reason because I want to do something good with my life. So look at that, see where I'm going and try and help me. Don't try and derail me and go, excuse me, make me go somewhere else because that's obviously not where I'm trying to go. Okay. So see me as a person and don't see my skin color. Don't devalue me. Thank you. Uh, Didi. Um, there's a lot, you know, like how you guys were saying, but I mean, I want zero tolerance, you know, for racism in my school. I shouldn't have to feel like, oh, well, I could go to the principal and they're not really going to do anything. You know, I want zero tolerance and know that if a teacher even seems racist, they there should be something to handle that because they're being put in a classroom with black children every day. Um, I want equality, not equity, honestly. I mean, I want equity, not equality. I'm about to say, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I mixed up my words. No, yeah, I want equity, not equality. No, I want mandatory ethnic studies classes, um, and I don't want to have to beg for the bare minimum. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to beg for equity. Literally, it's, I know, I hate when people be like, oh, it's 2021, you know, because stuff wasn't that long ago. But I don't have to beg for it. I want human rights for me and all Black students. You know, so, yeah. And I want to add one that I didn't hear you all mention. I want them to stop giving this curriculum where they're trying to colon recolonize Africa like that one teacher over in the Thomas did, or you know, teaching these kids about lies about Abraham Lincoln freeing the slaves. Like I want those those types of curriculum out. I don't want to see us devalued, dehumanized, referred to in a negative connotation because there are enough accomplishments that they can focus on at this party this point in 2021. 
So I'm going to need them to uh, up their game. And like I remember, I was sitting in a room, um, this eight-year-old or nine-year-old student, um, the teacher, 20-year veteran teacher told me that the nine-year-old was dating her. And I remember asking her, how does a nine-year-old date a seasoned teacher? And she said, he's asking too many questions. I want that type of mentality thrown out as well. Because it should not be a punitive thing that our students deal with because they have questions. Or it should not be seen as someone baiting you because they're asking you to further explain what it is you're putting on the table. Like, I want those things out. I want the discipline numbers addressed immediately. There is a problem in every single school district in this country when it comes to disproportionate discipline of black students, especially our male students with our females right behind. I need those addressed immediately. So Elk Grove, who is number one in this state, I need that addressed immediately. Los Angeles Unified, who is number two, I need that addressed immediately. Sac City Unified School District, number four, I need those numbers addressed immediately. Everybody can get it on this show. All of y'all, because we're sick and tired of playing the games. We're sick and tired of begging. No, it needs to be done. There's no tolerance. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Y'all need to treat us fairly. Y'all need to treat us how y'all would treat your white students, your Asian students, and your Mexican students. Your black students need to be treated the same. And we're going to put you on blast. We will come out, Erin. We will put you on blast every week if we need to, because I've been going to Elk Grove now for three plus years talking about their abysmal disproportionate discipline numbers, and I've been getting gaslit. This is not a black and brown issue. Your numbers do not state that. The problem is I can read. Your numbers do not state that. So if Latino students are three times, there's three times more Latino students in your district, they should not have comparable numbers to that of your black students. You have a problem somewhere and you need to address it. So I don't know if it's Superintendent Hoffman. I don't know if he needs to go because he don't listen well. I don't know if it's Mr. Saruti. I don't know if it's uh, Craig Murray. I don't know who it is. I don't care. Somebody better fix it. Get it together or get out. Because at this point, y'all don't need to be teaching us and y'all don't need to be in charge because you're not doing your job right. But they get paid, though. They get paid, right. That's all our parents about. and our family's tax dollars because they pay, they pay their taxes. I pay my taxes. I'm a homeowner in the community. That's all we are to them. We're just money to them. They don't see us as people. They don't... They Until we show up and disrupt the status quo. Mm-hmm. And then they see us as disrespectful. That's all right. Y'all got it's me. Time. It's time to be respectful. We've been quiet long enough. It's time. We got an issue. Y'all need to solve it. Didi, where do y'all fit on that disproportionate discipline numbers? Do you know? Um, I don't know the numbers exactly, but I mean, it's still disproportional. We're the, you know, most diverse school district. You know, that doesn't happen here, but it's happening. 100%. We're going to come see about your school district, too. I'm going to look it up. Just so we're we're aware next time we have this conversation, Didi, I, I certainly hope you will come back and hang out with us. Uh, of course. I think that this is the type of fire we need to light under people's behinds. Um, I, I want to send a shout out to the Elk Grove Parent Coalition who decided to take on the issue of getting these schools reopened and they stayed the course and these schools are opening. Um, and I think that they know where I stand that, that these schools were never um safe for black children and until they are safe i can't 100 percent get behind their uh their mission 
However, I believe in the power, the power of parents coalitioning and coalescing on, on an agenda item. Um, and I believe that until our parents, Black parents, start to uh, get involved in the way that I've seen the Elk Grove Parent Coalition get involved, we're not going to see the changes we so desperately need. And I don't need parents who are not Black sitting on the sidelines waiting for Superman because Superman's not coming. We need them to get in the game on these, these discipline numbers as well. Because if you ignore them while they're happening to us, it's only a matter of time before they happen to you. Mm -hmm. So we have to have those conversations. Um, so we have about five minutes left, ladies. So uh, uh, let's go real quickly around. What's one thing uh, that you want people to know real quickly? What was one thing you want people to know about anti-Blackness that, that we're just not going, going to do? One thing. It's everywhere. Um, a lot of people are undercover racist, and we come in for all y'all. That's what y'all need to know. Yeah, going off what she's saying, it's kind of like Angela Davis was saying, it's not enough to just not be racist. You have to be anti-racist or I think you're racist, pretty much. So that's what it is. If Check your just... privilege. Say, say that again, Melissa. Check your privilege because you might not even be realizing it. And you you need to realize it because we we see it. We realize it. We experience it. So you need to check your privilege and realize what you're doing, how it's affecting a whole community of people. Yeah. Lex? I think you need to understand where you are on the scale and who you're stepping on and who's above you, who's below you, and how what you're doing is affecting them every day in and out. Because sometimes, sometimes people don't realize that they're up there and them being up there is not only affecting us, but the things that they're doing up there is affecting us in a negative light. And once we shed that light on them, hopefully what we want them to do is go, okay, we're doing this. Okay, so let's try and help them. Let's try and get them up there with us. So check where you are, see how you can make things better for the people below you. That's what's up. That's what. Uh, that's what's up. Thank you, Aaron, for acknowledging that. And uh, we look forward to working with you all as well um addressing those discipline numbers so before we get out of here real quickly i got a couple of announcements so if you're looking at this live on facebook please 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 go to apple Podcasts and subscribe to our channel uh like share comment leave us a review um if you don't have uh an, an iphone and you're not part of the apple family that's okay because we are also on spotify go follow us on spotify um as the girls normally say, we do have a support network set up for our children. We know that the George Floyd um, trial started today. If your students need a little bit more support or they just want to connect with kids who look like them, who think like them, who feel like the way that they feel, please check in with our BGSN, BBSN collab meeting tonight. Go ahead and register for that. Um, we are looking forward to seeing Melissa on Wednesday or sometime after Wednesday. We'll be in L.A. Uh, checking on her. Uh, Dee, we want you to come back to always feel welcome to join in the conversation. Uh, you have so much to contribute and I want to keep you. Is that OK? Can of I keep course, you? Of course. Yeah, we're keeping you. <laughs> we're keeping Dee. Hey, Miss Donetta. 
<laughs> we want to keep you because I think that it's so important to hear youth voice. I think that your voices are missing from the overall conversation. People are making decisions about you, but not letting you uh, come to the table to take to give your input. And so we're going to keep this framework in place. Uh, we're going to be adding to the team because we love, love, love to hear you guys speak. Um, and nobody brings it like you do. Nobody. And so I'm super, super proud of you all. Um, thank you to our production team who works behind the scenes to make sure we have what we need. Um, and uh, uh, am I missing anything, ladies? Am I missing anything? No. 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 Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, that's a long one. Um, we have about <laughs> 30 seconds. Do you want us, um, without announcing, please? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we need to... Um, we we acknowledge the the one year anniversary or not anniversary but one year since she had been killed um we wanted to make sure that we just lift that up because sometimes her story gets lost in the george floyd story uh, but we consistently lift up the families of brianna taylor and george floyd um yeah sorry about that alasia we'll have you on another time we understand technical issues but you ladies did a fabulous job so one two three we're going to hit them with that wave we're going to see them next week uh, see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in.